It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards. First, we'll recap the Wizards-Clippers game Saturday night and discuss the loss before previewing the Lakers-Wizards game on Monday. And finishing up, we've got to get into some trade rumors that are going on around the league. All those details and more right here on Locked On Wizards. Hi, and welcome to the start of another week here on Locked On Wizards Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and we have a lot to get into as we watch the Wizards take on the Clippers Saturday night. And of course, it is game day. Today, the Wizards take on the Lakers in their final of three scrimmages to kick off the NBA restart. So starting off with Saturday's game, first thing I have to say is definitely saw some improvement from Wednesday to Saturday. The Wizards had five players finish in double figures. Two of them with double-doubles. Isak Banga finished with 15 points, 12 rebounds. Rui Hachimura, 15 points, 10 rebounds. And we also saw Thomas Bryant and Jerome Robinson chip in with 13 points apiece in the loss. The Wizards did drop the game by five to the Clippers. Patrick Patterson led the team with 16 as four other Clippers players finished with 13 points in the game. Now for each team, it was their second exhibition game in Orlando. Still a lot of rust being shaken off as expected as we're seeing across the league. But there are some major aspects of this game that really stood out to me. For one, we saw the Wizards out-rebound the Clippers 22-5 on the offensive glass. We also saw them play a lot more aggressive and able to get to the line drawing fouls as they were driving to the basket another thing that stood out to me was their ability to outscore the Clippers 37-20 in the second quarter to take a three-point halftime lead as Jerome Robinson finished with a buzzer beater to finish out the half and go into the break up by three and so the first half was very impressive for the Wizards I thought that we saw them playing very aggressive playing very scrappy defensively offensively looking to get to the rim and there were some lulls in the second half, but I think overall what I took from, from this game specifically was when they did improve. I know we spoke about that on Friday on Locked on Wizards. How will the Wizards respond after Wednesday's game to come into Saturday's game versus the Clippers? Again, with all three of their scrimmages, they're playing three of the top teams in the league. So they're being challenged right from the beginning. There's no easing in. There's no slow transition. They're jumping right back into it and literally being thrown into the fire with these young players that have so much to prove being battle tested from the very beginning. And one thing I love that about these three scrimmages that I talked about on locked on Cavs is the fact that these are three teams that are not on the wizards regular season schedule. So we don't know for sure that they would have had a chance to play against Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, LeBron James and the Lakers, the Joker and the Nuggets without Beal, DB and wall. So without those three of your leading scorers on the roster, it changes the game. And it's a great opportunity, as we keep talking about that golden word opportunity, for these players to be tested. In this game specifically, I thought they did a great job hanging with the Clippers. Of course, no team right now is at 100%. A lot of teams are still working through things. They're limiting players' minutes. But for the most part, overall, start to finish, the, the mindset, the aggression, some of those key factors that you know, I thought the Wizards struggled with in the first game, in my opinion, they did a lot better with in the second game, even just playing more confident. And another big important factor we have to make note of is the fact they played smarter on defense, much more disciplined. We saw two players foul out last game. 
Mo Wagner close to fouling out this game. Admiral Schofield, the only player that fouled out. But as a whole, the team did a much better job defensively, still playing aggressive, but also playing smarter. You have to play up tempo defense. We saw them force a number of turnovers. They committed just one turnover and forced the Clippers to make six, including a big steal that was a highlight play for sure as Rory Hachimura got a steal off of Kawhi Leonard that led to a slam dunk on the other end. And the exciting part is the Wizards really found a way to make the game ugly at times. When you're a team that's the underdog like they are in so many of these matchups, just young, scrappy, aggressive team, you have to bring that energy to every single game against every single opponent. And they brought that. They disrupted the Clippers offense. They forced turnovers. They got a number of steals. We saw them on the glass on offensive and defensive rebounds competing and winning those rebounds, which I know last game was a tall task playing against that Monstars lineup of the Nuggets, but it looked like it paid off in a sense. They came out offensively and defensively as a whole, were able to get a a number of rebounds to out-rebound the Clippers in the game. And so to see the improvement from Wednesday to Saturday was huge. Isak Vanga actually spoke on the minds of the team post-game, and he had this to say. I really just like being around everybody out here and I think everybody just got like this energy. Y'all know TB. Y'all know he always brings some energy, even if he just kind of walking into the training room. So just like the positive energy everybody brings out here is kind of a good thing to have around. And we'll talk more about Bonga later on in the show. Now, another player that we have to discuss, Jerome Robinson. Troy Brown Jr. goes down with a sprained right thumb out of the lineup for Saturday. Robinson moves into that starting two-guard spot, playing against his former team, He was traded to the Wizards in a three-team trade back in February, and he mentioned after the game that it felt almost like practice again, playing against his former teammates. Now, of course, there's some new pieces on the floor, but for the most part, playing against his former teammates felt like practice again. But for the second-year pro, he had a great start, scored five of his 13 points in the first nearly two and a half minutes of the game, assisted on Thomas Bryant's highlight dunk. That put Washington up five, just over four minutes in the game. He started the game. He set the tone. We talked about that on Friday, how the starting lineup from last week was the same four players, except instead of Robinson, Troy Brown Jr. was in that spot. Those five last game versus the Nuggets did a great job coming out, setting the tone, playing aggressive from early, and it's continued this game as well. And I'm impressed with the way that the Wizards have started their games so far in the scrimmages. Now, for Robinson, he did talk about this quick start in his postgame interview. I think anybody feels good after they hit their first two shots. I wouldn't just say, you know, that I'm a rhythm player. Um, I, I got to my spots and, and I knocked them down. Uh, it's no different than, uh, you know, if I missed two shots, you know, those are two shots that I take regardless. So overall, he's still one of the top shooters on the team. I think that's something he brings to the game, especially as he's able to get those shots to start to fall offensively that's what he'll be able to bring to the floor he has the ability to help them just be as a role player be able to come in and be consistent he he does a good job shooting he adds in rebounds and assists he's just a very balanced role player for them that can help fill in those those areas that are needed and before the game head coach Scott Brooks was talking about how he'd love to see Robinson step up and play a solid game and he did that he did exactly that coach said he quote wanted him to play with confidence He thinks he could be a really good player and like to see him have a good game, especially against his former team. That's exactly what he did. He came out strong from the beginning. You you know when players are playing against a former team, regardless how they leave that team, they always have something to prove. For him coming back against the Clippers, we saw that from early on. That first two minutes and 22 seconds, he came out on fire in a sense with just a little more pep in his step. Again, there's that familiarity of playing against your former teammates. You're, you're now given the, the nod to start, which in itself is a big confidence booster. 
what better chance than to start against your former team and then to go out and get rewarded with some good early stats to help your team start the game off strong. So hats off to Robinson for the way he started. And also defensively, I want to touch on the Wizards' defensive side. Now, that's an area that we've been discussing in past episodes that the Wizards have to continue to fine-tune. If they're going to struggle offensively, and right now the first two scrimmages we've seen their offensive struggles, we'll also talk about that more later on in the show, we've seen their offensive struggles. So they have to be better defensively in order to make sure the game doesn't become a shootout. If you're going down on one end and it's a one-shot possession and then going down on the other end not able to defend and you're not rebounding, something's got to change. We saw Rory Hachimura with a couple of steals, including the one we spoke about earlier against Kawhi Leonard. He spoke post-game how he's focused and putting more emphasis on his defensive game. But as a team, you could see the, the defensive success, especially late in the first half. The Wizards go on an 11-0 run to close out the, the second quarter. And then in the third quarter, that continues. They held the Clippers to just 18 points. The Clippers shot just 32% from the field and just over 18% from the three. Unfortunately, on the offensive side, the Wizards did struggle. But that's going to be – that's expected. That's something we continue to talk about. So I'm encouraged by some of the things I saw in game two for the Wizards. And as I know I continue to talk about with others, the biggest thing for the Wizards is, yes, they're in this with these 11 games, three scrimmages, and eight regular season games, fighting for a chance to either force a play-in game or, of course, make the playoffs. But to see the way these players are are growing with each practice, with each scrimmage, that is so encouraging long-term for the future of the Wizards. As they're looking to find out who's going to be players that are worth building and keeping on this team as they're trying to turn a corner as a franchise, there are a lot of players right now that are making a big name for themselves. And so in the third final scrimmage, we're going to see how that continues to translate as the Wizards continue to progress with each day. And as head coach Scott Brooks said after the game, it was a mental win for the young Wizards. And I completely agree. I think scoreboard aside we saw the Wizards make a big stride from Wednesday to Saturday and hopefully we'll see another stride from Saturday to Monday so coming up in segment two we have to preview the Wizards Lakers game for Monday as they prepare for their final scrimmage of the NBA restart preseason who says car repairs have to be expensive for quality well for over 20 years rockauto.com has been the place to get everything done from brake parts to tail lamps to even new carpets And regardless if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, it's easy, convenient, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. It's a family business that puts your family first. We're still in the midst of a pandemic dealing with COVID-19, everyone. So why spend twice as much for the same parts when you can save money for you and your family? Shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers for countless makes and models. And one of the best parts about it, whether you're on your phone or your computer, you have quick service right at your fingertips. So go head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we at Locked On Wizards sent you. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus 
free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. One scrimmage left, one more chance to work on things. So as we prepare for the Wizards-Lakers game on Monday, let's get into some things that the Wizards should be focusing on, or in my opinion, that they should be focusing on. And for starters, I just have to reiterate the fact that the Wizards have been fortunate, and yes, I'm going to say fortunate, in their three scrimmages to play three of the top teams in the league, two of the top players in the league, and Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James, and have the chance to play these teams that if they do not make the playoffs, they would not have seen without Bradley Beal, DB, and John Wall. So now you have the chance to see what these young players can do against the best of the best. It doesn't get much better than that. There's no pressure. A lot of people have already written them off, and it's just a chance between the three scrimmages and the eight games in the regular season to see if they can force their play-in game, get to the postseason, and also in bigger picture, prepare for the future as these young players are trying to show their worth and show how they can contribute to this team to be better in the future. So in this final scrimmage, I think we're going to definitely see the minutes go up. Scott Brooks, of course, has been managing the minutes, as all teams have. Nobody has been playing their, their key players more than 30 minutes in, in the game for the most part. So expect the minutes to increase, especially for some of the stronger players on the Wizards roster right now. Rui Hachimura, Isak Bonga, Thomas Bryant. Expect to see more minutes from them. Two players that I actually thought did really well late in the game when they were able to come off the bench, Jerry and Grant and Jonathan Williams for the Wizards, especially Grant. I know Utah actually got more minutes this game, and I, I think that's something that we'll see a little bit more of in this scrimmage. And, of course, this is kind of the final, I would say, tryout period in that sense for these players that are coming off the bench to show that they're worth more minutes. In that lineup that Coach Brooks had on the floor late in the game, it's a chance to see who out of that group is earning and, and working towards more minutes. And I think Jerry and Grant, you know, in his 25 minutes that he played, he had eight points. And I was impressed with what he brought to the floor. So someone that I'm actually going to be keeping an eye on as the Wizards take on the Lakers Monday. But also as we look across the team, the name that keeps coming up, Isak Bonga. This game right here, I think is going to be such a pivotal game for him. For Bonga and Wagner, they're playing against their former team, of course, one year ago, July 2019, in a three-team trade between the Pelicans, Lakers, and Wizards, the Wizards picked up Bonga and Wagner. And I think for both of them, but especially for Isak Bonga, it's going to be a chance for him to prove what he's got. We saw him do it in the first two scrimmages, but if you can consistently bring that same level, it shows that it was no fluke, especially since he's doing it against three of the top teams. Scrimmage or not, you're still doing it against three of the top teams in the league. So I think given that he's been impressing so many people and the name that we keep talking about as the Wizards progress through the NBA restart. He had a double-double against the Clippers, and it's another chance to show that he can be a player that can lead this Wizards team. He did a great job offensively Saturday, shooting four from seven from the field, seven from nine from the free throw line, grabbing 12 rebounds. He's someone that we continue to talk about, but we have to because he's a, a glimpse of hope in a sense, where he's someone that is exceeding expectations and doing so much for the Wizards that he's he's really coming into his own and the players keep talking on the coaches keep talking about of course I keep talking about him on locked on Wizards and Thomas Bryant spoke about Bunga's play and what he brings to the floor and he had this to say post game about his teammate one word great 
You know, we can depend on Bago on the defensive end. We can depend on him on the offensive end when he's aggressive like that. You know, this that's a real big thing that we really that we really need from the guard standpoint. You know, somebody being aggressive on the offensive end and defensive end, that's what he brings. Isak Bongo was just aggressive getting to the basket. And that's something that he brings to the to the floor consistently. And then also, of course, if you're helping to get rebounds, which is an area of the big three that we talked about defensively, being able to score and then also getting rebounds, he's able to bring the rebounding. And then on the defensive side is helping to, to force turnovers and just be a pest with his aggression on defense. We saw him at times really be a pivotal role in leading the Wizards offense against the Clippers. So I'm curious to see if Bonga can finish out the scrimmage period and the third game of, of the preseason NBA, the NBA restart preseason, I'll call it, just as strong to keep this momentum going into their first game versus the Suns July 31st. Another thing, of course, the shooting struggles. They continued. It's not going to change overnight. It's going to take time for the Wizards to get that rhythm down offensively. So we saw them do a lot better in the second game offensively, but they still just shot 35.6% from the field, 25.8% from three-point range, and only 55.6% from the free throw line. So I know earlier we spoke about how they were doing a great job getting to the rim, drawing fouls, but you can't go to the free throw line and shoot just around 50%, especially when you are already struggling offensively. And if you know you're going to be able to draw fouls, let's work on building up your free throw percentage so that you can make the most of those trips to the line. The Wizards are going to have to continue to find ways to score. That's the common discussion around all this. We've seen players step up. Isak Bonga, Rui Hachimura, Thomas Bryant had a great game. Playing more minutes, we anticipated that. His minutes tripled. He went from seven minutes in the first game versus the Nuggets to 21 minutes versus the Clippers. 13 points, seven rebounds. There were times he looked a little sluggish to get up and down the floor, as expected for all players. But overall, we saw the improvement from one game to the next. So another player that I expect to get more minutes against the Lakers as they continue to build towards the start of the season, July 31st. Something else that Jerome Robinson actually spoke about post-game is that neither team actually had the chance to get on the floor to do a, a pregame shoot-around like they normally would. And so it wasn't until about 15 minutes before the game that they were able to get on the floor and start shooting and warming up for the game. And that does play a big factor into a team's offensive struggles when you look at the fact that they already have players trying to step up and, and be more of an offensive presence. And then on top of that, you don't get a chance to get on the floor and get some shots up before the game. Both teams definitely struggled offensively. And I'm going to assume that was a big part of it. But also, as a whole, this is something that we touched on last week. All teams in the NBA are playing out of their element, out of their environment. You don't have the same routine that you normally would have where you – or on the road in, in, in a regular season game, able to get to shoot around, able to do walkthroughs and things like that, especially with games being back-to-back in Orlando. So it changes the whole pregame routine for all of these teams, and it's definitely something that's going to take them some time to adjust on that end. Also in this game, as the Wizards take on the Lakers, it is a great opportunity to see how they can defend two of the best players in the league in Anthony Davis and LeBron James, two players that – of course, MVP, all-star, you know the resume. I don't need to, to read it off for you. As the Wizards are looking to be better defensively, once again, what better chance to test that than to play LeBron James, one of the greatest players to ever play basketball, and Anthony Davis and the Lakers. Another challenge on Monday, just to see how much their work watching film in practice and even in the four and a half months as the season was on pause has really paid off for them to be able to be a team that's more solid defensively and consistent defensively. As for me, the biggest things I'm looking for overall then, just to recap for you, 
Bonga's ability to continue this momentum he's had in the first two games against his former team with the Lakers. Also seeing how players are playing with more minutes as we've been watching across the league and across all sports, actually. Coaches keep talking about the phases they're moving their players through to make sure that they're moving and progressing at the right rate to be ready come the first game of the season. So as we're getting into the final scrimmage, I am interested to see how players do with more minutes. How are they looking? How's their fitness? How's their their shooting? How are their legs looking as they get in the later parts of the game? They're playing the most minutes they've played in four and a half months. And then also looking at the defensive side, exactly how the Wizards are going to defensively match up with the Lakers. Offensively, if their shooting is better, as we saw from game one and game two, some slight improvement. But if we can see that number get out of the 30s, first of all, from the field and definitely be closer around that 50% mark from the field and from the three-point range. And of course, their free throw shooting has to be better and more consistent. So a lot of things to watch for the Wizards getting into their third and final scrimmage against the Lakers Monday. And we have to get into some more discussions going on around the Lakers Wizards off the floor. Last year, we saw the three-team trade that went down in early July of 2019 between the Pelicans, Wizards, and Lakers. Rumors are back around these two teams and more as everyone is wondering how all this NBA restart and pause season is going to affect free agency, the draft, trades. And there's one trade in particular that I'd like to discuss around the Wizards and Lakers. And we'll get into that in our third and final segment of this edition of Locked on Wizards. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. always be trade rumors and since the Lakers and Wizards are no strangers to a three-team trade where there's a lot of major change going on as we saw last year the big trade that went down between the Lakers Pelicans and Wizards we have to get into some discussions that came out at the end of last week so Zach Buckley of Bleach Report actually wrote an article about potential trade options across the league and the one that came up around the Wizards was of course Bradley Beal I know the trade discussion has come up a lot around Beal. When I joined Locked on Cavs, we actually talked about it and what trade makes sense for the Wizards. Change is needed ASAP to not only keep this team together, but to help them move forward. It's time to be more consistent in competing for a playoff spot and also to be a team that is top in the conference, if not the league. The Wizards need to turn a corner and they need to turn a corner fast. So Buckley spoke about a potential three-team deal. The Lakers would get Spencer Dinwiddie, the Nets would get Bradley Beal, and the Wizards would get Kyle Kuzma. The first things that came to my mind were, one, what would Kyle Kuzma bring to the Wizards? And two, how would the Wizards benefit from this trade? Now, of course, I would not be involved in these discussions. I'm not in the front office. So I'm, but I'm assuming that in the event that a trade like this actually was coming to fruition in some sense, that there would be more pieces involved, some draft picks, some, some other players that are involved. It wouldn't just be a one-for-one-for-one. For one for one. But those are the three major names that came up in the trade. Now, Kyle Kuzma has been someone that we've seen struggle in, in L.A., especially with LeBron and AD as the number one and two guys for the Lakers. 
at 6'8", he's young, he's versatile, he's got a scoring range and abilities that can definitely help a team out. I just don't know if that team is the Wizards, to be honest. Now, when you're discussing the three-team trade and you're looking at Kuzma coming to the Wizards, Bradley Beal going to Brooklyn, and Spencer Dinwiddie going to L.A., have to look at how each of these three players would fit in with these teams. Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving is a no-brainer. If these three are able to be healthy and play on the team together, you bring Bradley Beal in averaging 30-plus points a game with a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Kevin Durant, that's a dangerous team right there. That's an NBA potential championship team right there, without a doubt. Then Spencer Dinwiddie coming into the Lakers. We saw this season he was averaging 20.6 points a game, 6.8 assists, 3.5 rebounds on just around 41.5% shooting from the field. So Dinwiddie going to the Lakers would give them what they need in, in the guard position and also another scoring option. Kuzma to the Wizards. I'm not seeing where that fully makes sense. He has a lot of potential. Like I said, he's very young, 6'8", young, versatile player. But I don't know if at this point the Wizards need another potential player. There are already enough young players with potential on this roster. Hachimura, Bonga, Bryant, three names that come to mind right off the bat. Troy Brown Jr., another one. A number of players on this team that have potential and are young and are still learning and growing. The Wizards need someone that is established and ready to come in and lead. Similar to the way that the Celtics were able to bring in Kemba Walker. An all-star, you bring him in, he just picks up the pieces. He's a leader. He brings that experience. He's someone that was on, he's someone that with Charlotte was never going to be able to lead them to be a top team in the conference, but now having stronger pieces around him with the Celtics. They're now a team that without a doubt is a contender to not only come out of the East, but could potentially be an NBA championship team. So the Wizards need to bring in someone similar to that, similar to what Kemba Walker brought to the Celtics. I don't know who that player is, to be honest. In this moment, as we're sitting ready for the NBA restart, I don't know enough, and I actually have not heard a single trade that makes sense for Bradley Beal. I'm not sure if the move to rebuild involves getting rid of one of your most consistent players. And as the Wizards continue to talk about the strong backcourt of John Wall and Bradley Beal, why remove one of those pieces? If I'm honestly looking at what should happen, I would not move Bradley Beal because right now I haven't seen a deal that makes the most sense. Now, I think having these young players in Orlando, building confidence, getting reps, getting experience, getting thrown into it in, in a sense, playing in these eight games and these three scrimmages without Beal, DB, and Wall will go a long way. So I'm not sure if it even makes sense to make a major move or if it's just a matter of getting everyone healthy, getting everyone back, and adding in some, some solid draft picks to now round out this team. I am, of course, I'm not sure what is going to happen, but we'll stay tuned and we'll continue to see how this all plays out around the future of the Wizards, especially as we get through the NBA restart. I'm sure there will be a lot more discussions around trade rumors and speculations and what ifs and all these hypothetical situations as the Wizards are looking to prepare for the next season. But right now we're focused on this season. And Monday, the Wizards take on the Lakers, 3 p.m. Eastern time, as they round out their third and final scrimmage to prepare for the NBA restart before they get the season started, July 31st. It's all happening so fast. Sports are back. Yes, finally. <laughs> it has been exciting watching all sports coming back safely. So throughout the week, we have got to continue to discuss more around the Wizards. We'll recap what happened in the Wizards-Lakers scrimmage Monday. We'll also 
discuss leading up to game one against the Suns. And we have to get into some postseason awards discussions that have been happening. So stay tuned for all that. Subscribe to Locked on Wizards so you can catch all the latest Wizards updates. If you're feeling nice and kind, give us a five-star review and join us back each and every day for another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington. You're listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, and this has been another edition of Locked on Wizards. Washington, out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.